0: real talk on youtube that bait, oh. real talk let's get straight to it i get
1: going but i gotta check to make sure it rolling because the other day that first podcast when it when we just like kind of hurried up and then i looked at taylor and i was like was that recording and my heart just because i mean i just was imagining we sat down and did a 35 minute that
0: we don't have anywhere move. no no what's good though What are we talking about today?
1: I think this is going to be one of the most relevant and informational podcasts we've done yet. Because we're doing We're going straight. I mean, (laughs) we're doing what matters and kind of what's going on in the world right now. Because there's a lot changing, dude. Stuff changes like crazy in the world. So it's like, obviously, you don't want to high center on the things and just like focus all your energy and time on that but a lot a lot in just the whole world is changing right now and so it's a good time it's to just kind of catch up
0: generations always think there's more changing now than there's ever been yeah. dude people have been saying that for ever you know what i mean yeah. like, and and everybody feels that it's like now is the time of change and then like the baby boomers like now is when all the change is happening even in the 90s with all the like pcs and laptops it's like now is the change (laughs) you know everybody's convinced that there's more change now than there ever has been yeah it's funny i don't know no that's but it does seem like there's some kind of critical things going on yeah sure
1: but what's been up with you what have you been doing
0: uh what have i been doing you know, I've I've been trying to kind of position uh the business with some of the changes that you're talking about. Um but more importantly, I've been in Arizona with my son. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm a palm tree guy, dog. You are a palm tree a, guy. I'm all in on coconuts. I'm a palm tree guy. Mm. And I'm proud of that. Heck yeah. I'm proud of that.
1: Now, something about... Dude, so do you like coconut? Are you a big coconut guy? Yeah, dog. Oh, I love fresh coconut. When we were in Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. When we were in Costa Rica, everything was coconut. Like, they had coconut ice cream, coconut water, coconut... Like, they served everything in a coconut, and it was fantastic.
0: That is sick. Like, you think about all the fluid that it holds, and you can, like... Scrape the inside edges, mm-hmm. and it's, like, edible, and it's good, and it's sweet. So just that one little ball has, like, a lot of hydration, a lot of sugars, and you can freaking eat it. It's edible. Yeah. It's kind of sick. You can drink, and then you can scrape and eat. No.
1: No, coconut has so many uses. <laughs> Dude, so here's what was crazy. We're in Costa Rica, and this guy who's like our house, we we got a house and he's like our maintenance guy for the house. And he's just like hanging around. He's kind of security too, I feel like. And one day me and my brother go and we find two real coconuts from like behind our house and we're bringing them up and we're trying to kind of like hit them on rocks and stuff. And this guy goes, all he could say is you want me open? And then we were like, yeah, sure. That dude goes around Gets a machete, comes back, and the way he yeah, just started like, and it looked like Gordon Ramsay, Top Chef or something. I mean, and he's just cutting this coconut perfectly, hands it to you, hands pieces. I mean, it was insane. And he knew exactly what that kind of coconut was made for. He's like, it's not for the water, it's for the meat and all that. So it was so cool. Uh,
0: they're, yeah. I mean, you could even, if you were like super poor, you can use it like for a soccer ball. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those coconuts are like, you know, Uh, yeah, (laughs) multi-purpose. Break
1: your foot. Maybe don't try that.
0: (laughs) Maybe an old rotted one. Yeah. On the sand, maybe. Fair enough. Or maybe you'd probably like do some bowling, maybe. That'd probably be better. Like set up some sticks and bowl.
1: Dude, you need to keep making these trips to AZ and back, though, because I'm telling you, every time you do it, you bring some of that warm weather home. For real, and I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad. For real, it's been like 70 this week in November. It's I ridiculous. I
0: know. What's been good with you? Oh, well, married. Yes. <laughs> you like being married.
1: I do like being married. Yeah, it's really it's really fun having someone to just kind of honestly. This sounds like so dumbed down, but just to hang out with.
0: I know what you mean. I you love know? being married. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. At your age. You know, you I uh, encouraged you to serve your wife, but then don't lose your autonomy or identity. Mm-hmm. You know, and for her to do the same thing. Yeah, it's like both of y'all have to be individuals, and your shared perspective should build from each individual to then make y'all a, a tighter unit.
1: Yeah, way. no, I agree. It's like it's kind of like a team. Yeah, and. Your team matters, but your individual stats matter, and what you do on your own matters. And um, like some that. people forget that aspect of it. Yeah, and then you're you're not a team. You're just yeah. You're trying to make something work. You're trying with two to be
0: people. a curly headed bad boy, dropping <laughs> three corners, dog. <laughs> oh man, dog dude. the bulls, you know. Oh man, scoring them points. <sighs> Dude, I wish. Do you Should we talk about real estate or the economy? Yeah.
1: So what I kind of want to talk about today, um, and I feel like for anyone who watches this full podcast or even the clips that we get from it, it's just the relevant stuff right now because I'm going to be honest, I'm going to come at it from more of a consumer perspective because I am a consumer in the real estate world. And kind of ask you the questions. I feel like a lot of people are asking right now because I've noticed a kind of, whether it's right or wrong, a kind of freak out happening right now, uh, just across the world, not even just in real estate, in the economy in general. And so I kind of want to break into that stuff, kind of the stuff that people are a little bit afraid to talk about at times because it can be intimidating and always changing and stuff. So let's go. What are your questions? Well... I guess let's start with start? Yeah, yeah, let's start with what I think drove us into all this, and is kind of the start of it, which is the economy. Uh, the economy, obviously, leads to all these micro problems or the market slowing down mm-hmm. or whatever. So where do you think the economy's at right now?
0: First of all, I, I am very interested in all of it. Um, and so I do read quite a bit up on it and try to read from, like, a lot of different sources. Um, mostly, I'm focused more on um, how it relates to real estate, obviously. Um, and so your question is, where do I think the market is right now? Mm-hmm. And you answered that by looking at where it was, you know? And so I would say... <coughs> um. In the last year and a half, it has been driven by CPI or inflation. And so in the last year and a half, we've seen um, inflation try to be tempered by the Fed's increasing interest rates. Make sense? Things are really expensive if you make it harder to get a loan to pay for those things. Those prices should come down technically, and that's how it works. And so in the last year and a half or so, the feds have been raising interest rates to make things cost less, to slow down the demand for buying things, and then prices come down. And so we've had a hard time getting those prices to come down. We've had a hard time to get inflation in check. And we continue to increase rates, increase rates, increase rates. And the economy and consumers are still spending and they're still hiring. And so we have not been super successful until yesterday which is crazy we're talking about it because the inflation report came out and it was like really good news on the horizon that inflation is slowing. And we've really seen that for the first time. Since it's like, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, in a Washington come. You know, like this is huge. We need this. I love to wake up and like, like bad news because that means they're going to quit raising interest rates. Like I love it when the stock market's down and like things. Are- mm-hmm because we got to stop stop raising interest rates and so yesterday was really good news dude it was really good news that inflation's getting in check and i think maybe we may have a long elongated pause and then possibly in 24 they'll start dropping those okay cuz everything is everything is based off of that Inflation. yeah it's all
1: like checks and balances right. of mm-hmm. trying to yeah i learned that not that long ago about the the goal of raising them is actually to get prices down, which makes sense. So you said consumer spending's up. I saw that as well. It has been, yeah. Is it consumer spending with cash or with credit that's up? Do you know?
0: Yeah, and so um, credit card debt has significantly went up. Yeah, that's what I was In the last year and a half. But there is so much liquidity in our economy. And what I mean by that, there's a ton of cash out there. People have hoarded cash. A lot of it is because property values like here, dude, the last four or five years, literally people's houses have almost doubled and many of them have doubled. So people have all this equity and they have a lot of cash. Um, And so it's been hard to slow consumer spending down. Also with COVID, everybody got PPP money. Government was just throwing money at stuff. And so people got fat checks. Businesses got fat checks. And so we're finally starting to work through spending all that money. Mm-hmm. Problem is consumers, it's tough. I get it. But consumers don't know like when to hit the off button. Yeah. And so they got all this cash, but then they'll spend, 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 spend until it's pretty much gone or their credit card debt is up so much. And then it threatens the economy. So we're going for a softer landing with that.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. That credit card debt gets a little dangerous too because I feel like it's very generational. Like what I mean by that is like my parents' generation was scared to death of credit cards because Mm -hmm. right before them everyone got a credit card. Everyone maxed out credit cards and never got in trouble. And so it's, I feel like there's this kind of flip of like, like me personally, I'm not the biggest credit card proponent, but like that generation right under me, I feel like is just used to like, Oh, it's my parents' credit card. I'll just swipe and swipe. And
0: I wondered about y'all's generation. Yeah. And sometimes it's good to take on a little debt. Like if it makes sense, use some credit. Hundred like percent. If 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 it can create income for you, if 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 it's an asset that uh, may appreciate, you know, I think the the interesting thing about your generation and the millennials is, for the first time, we've seen y'all value experiences more than things, and so there's a lot of money being spent on experiences mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to argue that but you don't really want to take a loan out or use credit on experiences
1: i agree no and that's a really good point that i'd like to go into a little further because we got time and uh but it's basically there is this polarizing it feels like there's two sides with credit and it both of them are wrong uh, to me which is one is like never use credit. That's horrible, Mm -hmm. which is kind of my parents. Mm -hmm. The other is like, just use your credit card. Just use, swipe the credit card when it's really supposed to be this middle ground. Like how I use a credit card is like, okay, I have the money for this, but I'm not going to use my money. Yeah. And like me and Lauren, that's what we did for our wedding. We, uh, We credit card hacked it. So we had all the money for our wedding. We weren't going to just go max out a credit card, but we got a trace, a chase travel card. We put every expense on there and paid it off that month. I mean, like just instantly, dude, we got our honeymoon to Hawaii, free flights, four free nights of stay. Just because instead of using our cash, we used a credit
0: card. That's the move. So there's times the move. Yeah. to do that. This
1: camera gear I buy, I, I have a credit card that takes all the tax and refunds it to me well, on $5,000, $6,000. awesome. That's huge.
0: Yeah. They're banking on most people not actually paying Exactly. Though. So if you can be the outlier, you can take advantage of it and win. That's how you win. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah you win by being not getting hit by that 28% I mean, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, that's, that's... So that's what's
0: up. I mean, with like, kind of like inflation, interest rates, economy, we can talk about specifics in real estate, residential, commercial, but like from a from an overall standpoint, that's kind of what's going on mm-hmm. right now. So I'm hoping that we're turning the... the a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it, I think people think it happens a lot quicker than it does, right? But yeah,
0: 100%. And I mean, you just never know, dude. Like economy's crazy. Like, we could be sitting here doing this in a couple weeks and it's like, oh man, we, really <laughs> we were wrong. <laughs> wrong. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. really knows. No, you know what I mean? No, I agree. Fine if they say they do.
1: Yeah, that's facts. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just, this is super valuable because it just, If you can just think for yourself on these things and just educate yourself on the facts of what's happening and look at statistics about things, then you can make an assumption for yourself and decide. And that's how, I mean, if you look at any big thing in 2008, that real estate short, there's that movie, the big short, that guy was like getting made fun of because he was one of the only people saying it was going to crash. Yeah, He took his own assumptions. He didn't try to talk other people into it. And, but something to note about that, he became rich during a dip. Yeah. So it's not always a bad thing yeah. when the market's...
0: Gone. If you follow a trend for investing or creating wealth, then it's too late. That's so true. You, you can't get on a bandwagon of a, of a trend of investment and create the margins that the people telling you they created through this investment. You just can't do it. They got in first and the, the balance and the opportunity lies within timing, knowing when there's still an opportunity available and forecasting based on history and what has happened. If there will continue to be better opportunity or a downward and any time that there's adjustments and change, there's always opportunity for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say it. it's like I saw on that other podcast that I think I told you the other day, which is like how many red cars did you see on your way here today?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you wouldn't know, right? But if I told you I'd pay you a hundred dollars for every red car you saw on your way back home, you would know the exact amount of red sure. cars. They said, that's like opportunity. If you're just looking for it, You'll see it, and so in the same way, during these dips and stuff like that, yeah, you just have to be looking for opportunity. But in history, during bad times, is when people become the most successful usually. Yeah, is through a bad time because you're not following a trend, you're not late on the game, and all that stuff. Like it was hard to get a house during COVID when things are, and have equity in it now. Mm Because you were paying a premium on everything. I know. So what do you think? Here's my question for you in Northwest Arkansas specifically. Do you think these house prices are going to kind of come down or are they stuck where they're at?
0: No, they're not coming down. They're not coming down. We don't have the inventory to bring prices down. In two thousand and seven and eight, we were way overbuilt. There was way too much inventory. And that caused prices to come down, right? Mm-hmm. There's too much supply, not enough demand. So prices came down. Today there's not near enough supply and demand ain't that bad. So no, they're not coming down. That's that's what I was <laughs> they're doing. not coming. If any I mean, they're gonna probably keep inching up, dude.
1: Yeah. Well, because I heard it said the other day by a pretty good agent, and they said, I think Northwest Arkansas is just now with this bad market getting to where the rest of the world is yeah, in a good market. Yeah, like, Dude, it ain't even that bad. No. I mean, it's
0: actually pretty healthy. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's really healthy. We do need more inventory.
1: People got spoiled during all this weird mm-hmm. stuff. Because like you said, people had more money. And people were working from home, so they wanted to spend that money a little more.
0: Homes did become more of an important centerpiece for families with COVID. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people are just kind of like, I'm not getting stuck on a fifth floor of a condo again, you know, if COVID happens. Taylor, if
1: you'll look up how many remote jobs were before COVID, and then how many remote jobs were after COVID. Because I feel like... That concept is way bigger now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people are never going to return to work. They're, I mean, their job is just like, 100%. oh, that worked. 100%. So like you just said, they. I mean, I shot a lot of houses where I asked them, and they're like, yeah, we're just home now working. We both need an office. We're upscale, mm-hmm. upsizing. So there was kind of this giant working class jump of the size of All
0: home. of a sudden, it was super acute. That's why yeah. I mean, coconuts are... Such a good topic. <laughs> <laughs> Costa Rica values are skyrocketing just because of that. Just because of the transition from work to home to homework. Costa Rica, because people work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to be on the equator? Close yeah. to the equator?
1: Same with like, I met a guy the other day who was an, inv- he's an investor. He invests in uh, storage units and he lives in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So that he can, he lives there like two hundred and some days out of the year. Yeah, don't blame you. yeah I don't. Yeah, mean, me neither. He's saving those taxes, man. Yeah, yeah. He's Saving those taxes. I know. So, no, that's smart. All right. Perhaps the the big boy topic, the one the the elephant in the room.
0: Do you always say perhaps? No, I like that move. That's super mature. I do the curly headed bad boy using the the mature words though.
1: I, I guess I have said perhaps on the like podcast it. a lot. I, I
0: like I, it. I like it. I think that it's uh, super like mature and like you know.
1: I think that, that city park is. clip I started with uh, perhaps the most important. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that, dude. Dude, I could go for city Y'all, park. Don't even know about this, CHBB. I guess People, not. I don't even think that we've even like you're just like there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, fair. it's cool. To to be able to work with a 23-year-old like you. I appreciate it. And so I recognized kind of your skills and abilities a couple years ago. Um, and, And it wasn't even the idea that you shot for Netflix or Red Bull. It wasn't even any of that. It was your understanding of human nature, motivations, and therefore business that I was kind of like... He's only 23. <laughs> and so um now we work together. So we got to inform the yeah, if there is anybody listening, yeah. I don't know, we got to inform them, you know, what the curly-headed bad boy, you know, really Absolutely. Where the origins come from.
1: Well, I, what I like about working with you too is we have such a similar marketing brain on things. Literally yesterday when we were in that website meeting, and oh, you disconnected, yeah. I just took off where you start, stopped. And she goes, no, it's- the girl goes, are you guys reading from something? And I was like, no. and she, she, she was confused because I just started going. So, no, that's funny. But here's, here's the question, the elephant in the room, that everyone's asking right now and a lot of the people watching are realtors. So can you explain what is happening with this lawsuit stuff? Just first off, like what's going on from someone who doesn't know as much or mm-hmm. sees the headline, but when they click on it, it's like yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. So obviously, right now, there's a lot of stuff happening with real estate specifically, and it can be overwhelming to look at. I mean, I I did some research and was like, Ooh. and you have to know so many things to understand what's happening. Uh-huh. So what would be your Let's version? Tell of
0: them that? what we're talking about. Yep. So the way that real estate agents have been paid since the 80s up until today has not changed a whole lot, okay? There's been lawsuits from multiple parties against NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, as well as a lot of the franchise firms. Keller Williams, Coldwell Banker, Weikert, EXP. Now... What they these lawsuits are alleging is that it should be prohibited that whenever a seller sells a property and they list that property with an agent, that that agent should not be able to share that listing fee automatically through the MLS with a buyer's agent. And so really what that means is that we will no longer be able to, if all of this stuff happens and they lose the appeals, that we as list agents will no longer be able to say, here's 6% and I'm marketing this on the MLS, offering 3% to the buyer's agent. Hence, the concern around, are buyer agents going to get paid if the MLS structure and the way that it's operating right now changes and so that's the freak out and there's been a bunch of um statements made about what national association of realtors membership will do we're right now we're at 1.6 million and there's been a lot of statements saying that that'll cut in half and if that does the mls won't have enough money and they may have to merge to a statewide system or CoStar may take it over so there's a lot going on, and I'll tell you the the only truth of it is that nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So, um, for me, I love it. I really do, man. Like, I need to be motivated. I need change. I need projects. I need shakeups. And this is one thing that... We as a firm, we're going to turn it into an opportunity. And there's a lot of different ideas behind how we can do that. And so I love it, Spence. Yeah. I love it. And I have theories on it.
1: Yeah. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier about it's the same thing as in anything else. Like when do guys in the stock market make the most money? When they buy at a dip. Right, they don't buy it when everyone's hyped about it and it's going good. Mm-hmm. It's when stuff's going bad. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I mean, this could be huge opportunity, yeah. and like you said, it's also a little bit about not taking all these assumptions that have been thrown out there because I've heard everything,
0: oh yeah, all
1: over the spectrum. Find whatever you're looking for. Hundred percent. No, that's a good way to put it. If you if you're wanting to see it negative, you'll find it negative. If you want to see a positive. And honestly, I think it's going to be a little both. It's usually somewhere in the middle yep, of everything. Right. And you're so right. there will be some bad that comes. There will be some good that comes mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. There's kind of this, I mean, am I wrong to assume this? You tell me. But is there not kind of an overpopulation of realtors as of right now? And this is kind of similar yeah. to the feds bringing the inflation down. It's kind of a balance on that.
0: Yeah. Um I think the barrier of entry into our profession is too low mm-hmm. and therefore it has created some fat and is a little bit saturated. Um, but I think, you know, what this is going to help with is more justification of services. You know, I think it's going to shine a light on... um you know who is justifying their fee and who's not, and and the way to justify a fee through customer service, through value, um, through being able to negotiate contracts, um, to knowing the community, to be in high touch, to finding off market deals, um, to connecting buyer and seller. Uh, through um, on-the-ground prospecting, um, overarching being able to um, see opportunities for sellers and see opportunities for buyers to be able to blend those. And so I think what we are looking at at this firm is being able to capitalize on that. And I think if you're a firm sitting over – 150 agents or so um i think there's some opportunity there and i don't want to say too much um but but you know we're gonna get organized yeah and we're gonna leverage 250s agents sphere of influence to benefit our group
1: no yeah. and if anything this just kind of puts in check the real estate agent role make sure that they are providing enough value, like you said. And then if they are, if they truly are, it's going to pay off. It always, I mean, you know, it always does.
0: Absolutely.
1: But all it's going to do is make it to where some of that. It's also hard that all this is coming on the back end of the COVID stuff where you could list a house, mm-hmm. take an iPhone photo and a half and get a mm-hmm. off, like get a deal instantly for above asking and the buyer agents getting commissioned for
0: literally their client being on their MLS, whatever. And so, you know, I think we're going to yeah. adjust and I think real estate agents are going to continue to be paid buyer agent fees through the seller. It will be in a different fashion, but we will continue to do that when there was a study that was just posted um, that 95% of buyers want to work for an agent that shows you that there is a desire from consumers. It just may be with compressed commissions and it will be a different structure, and agents will need to take more ownership in how they are compensated.
1: So, question again. Yep. I'll start with the question. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, if you were an agent right now, what would you be doing as your plan of action? to kind of weather this storm coming?
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think, first of all, um, agents have to take a look at their value proposition. And, and so regardless of what's going on with agent payment commissions structure, there's always going to be tried and true practice that stands true. And the people that keep it simple and focus on that, regardless of the payment structure, are going to win. And so first of all, you got to get back to the basics. And you go, what is my value proposition? What level of service am I bringing to the table? What solutions am I solving that are otherwise unmet? And then what is my strategy to take care of all of my old clients. And when I mean take care, I mean, give them information about their house. That means care about them in ways that are more personal, contacting them for a wedding or for, you know, a vacation or whatever the the case may be, as well as updating them on their property's value, giving them information, how to increase their property's value, keeping them aware of any things around their house that are going to increase in value. And so I think a lot of these things that we've talked about on the podcast, regardless of what happens, if you stick to those core practices in your business, you are going to create an opportunity to create market share. Otherwise, not met so when there's changes like this that are shaking up an industry the people that focus inward and on their business are the ones that win because most people will let the fear mongrel take over Mm -hmm. and they'll go oh no we're all going out of business i'm scared and they start fighting against what people are saying and they take on this cause that is like we're worth every penny bro That is a distraction. Agents out there going, we're worth it. We want to fight. We want to go to all these NAR meetings. Like Those are the agents that aren't working on their business. Mm -hmm. And the agents that stay focused on working on their business, I promise you it'll work out. If they get with a relevant brokerage. I think you need a brokerage that is going to arm agents on exactly what to do. Agents shouldn't have to worry about how am I going to get paid? That's my job as a principal broker of this firm. And so, you know, they have to align with the relevant brokers to make sure that they're protected.
1: Yep. No, I agree. I completely agree with that. And that's, that's where too the distractions come into place. Cause There's going to be a lot of brokerages distracted trying to fight it or trying to fight a lawsuit. So some switch up in the brokerage world is going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's going to be super important. So I had one more thing to add to that.
0: Um, Real estate agents, though, man, they're valuable, dude. Like, and again, they're not all created equal. But the good ones, the, the professional ones, the ones that are conscientious, that care about their business, that are doing it as a career and not just a way to make some extra money. Like, we need them. Yeah. We need them. 100%. We absolutely need them.
1: Okay, I remembered what I was going to say. And it kind of goes back to what we disclaimed this whole, we disclaimered this whole podcast with, which was... No one really knows what's going to happen. And that's why I love your solution so much, which is keep doing you, keep growing your business and not worrying about the weeds of what's happening. Here's a good example. I did some research and I figured out, so obviously the sellers were the suing party, right? For this thing. Now some buyer buyers have gotten together and they're suing. You can't have oh, both sides. No. And so there's some weird stuff and that's why... It's, it, it's not going to play out how anyone thinks.
0: Know no, the practical possibilities. I don't keep up with who's suing who and who's doing it. It's like the way I think is, well, if the MLS adjusts and we can't offer this, well, then how am I making sure that my agents are always going to be protected when representing a buyer? How can I create opportunity for them? by leveraging the group. And so that's my whole focus. And frankly, we do have some ideas. I don't think I should get into them. No, in probably not in on this forum, one. But we absolutely have some ideas on that. So,
1: yeah. And maybe we will, maybe in about five or six months, we'll wrap back around on the pod and do an update on it and see what what Collier & Associates has done and if it's worked or not. But um, yeah, I think ultimately... The fear mongering that you said, that's that's what that's what's more detrimental than anything is curling up in a ball, feeling like you need to just protect what you have, not taking risks still. That's what really goes away as people stop taking risks.
0: Yeah. I mean, just freaking like it's just like anything. Don't complain and moan about something. Uh -uh. You know, it's just take the action to protect your family and your business and your clients. Yep. It's like, what are you doing? Like all your energy instead of bitching and moaning should be put on your business and how to add value, how to take care of people, how to continue to serve people at the highest level possible. And that's how you create opportunity for yourself, regardless of an economic climate or an industry climate.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. So last thing, um, and way more important than any of this, are you a big pizza guy? Do you like pizza? I mean, I love pizza. Okay. So what's your favorite pizza place in NWA? All of NWA. doesn't have to be
0: Fayetteville or wherever. I mean, dude, I'm from Augusta. It's just like a little farm town. Yeah. Delta. So it was Showbiz or Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I'm not one of these, like, <laughs> I just like a thin, hard, cr- greasy pizza, no freaking tomatoes, no extra, and just straight up cheese and pepperoni. Domino's is my favorite. Interesting. I just don't get into all the, like, fancy pizza.
1: I got you. I think, yeah, but,
0: that's, you know, I don't know. That's fair, honestly. It's just me. I just want that crunchy, crispy.
1: Have you ever had MJs on Elm in Elm Springs? Uh-huh.
0: MJs is good. Do they have it like that,
1: dude? It's like wood fire crunchy pizza. You know, thin crust,
0: like MJs. got get pizza. some on. Let's try to bring some pizza on here and taste you, test it. Dude, we
1: should. No, Dave no, Portnoy no, no. style, yeah. just one bite. Everyone knows you the know, rules.
0: Get like. Four try to get like a poll going. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we could get, get... people to be like, all right, we're gonna do four, which we don't want to get too try hard with it, but it'd be No, cool. we
1: could for yeah. fun everyone's favorite pizza place and us us put a list together and I do love pizza. I Man, do I'm open to trying some me too. well and it's it's kind Dude, of a fun crazy thing. Crazy
0: pizza. We were driving in Phoenix last week and they got freaking uh weed pizza. You got a restaurant, you got to be 21 to get up in there and they put weed on it. (laughs) Like THC and you eat that pizza and get high. I guess it's a way to keep ordering pizza. Oh my,
1: Yeah, that's never ending, dude. (laughs) That is never ending. It's a dangerous game.
0: But they got some Mountain Dew fountains
1: in there. Dude, also, I think big shout out because they're the best. I think they might be the best pizza in NWA for real though is uh, Pizzeria Ruby. In Johnson. I haven't been there. It's so freaking good, dude. It's like right over there. And it is, it's like you can go in there for lunch, $10, get a big slice of New York pizza, a salad, and a drink.
0: See, I like the simplicity of that. And it's
1: just giant pepperonis homemade. I mean, it's just really good. Simple. Simple.
0: I like so. that mall pizza. Do not sleep on that mall pizza.
1: <laughs> you a simple man, dog. Oh, Domino's, Chuck E Cheese and mall pizza, yeah, bro. I know. Three things.
0: All right. I like that powder cheese, dog. <laughs>